The Pilgrim's Progress Reloaded Chapter 6 Night of the Blood Oath How can this be? Wigglis' face filled with pain and fear. Pride in your righteousness, one of the laws said. Leading others in your paths away from salvation, said another. Hatred of all who are less moral than you, a third law said. Also, a law standing by the aircraft said, You were rude to your mother on seventeen occasions, and thirteen times you did not help the poor when it was in your power to do so. But, but, that's so... Legalist's voice wavered. Small. One of the laws leaned over Legalist and glared at him with spite. There are no small laws. Christian ran for the tilt-rotor aircraft and dove inside. He heard the sound of ripping and tearing. He couldn't watch. Besides, he was probably next. Christian slid the door closed. The aircraft's propeller started to spin, preparing for a vertical takeoff. Someone else must have had the same idea and gotten to the cockpit before him. The engines whined and almost drowned out the sound of legalist screams. The aircraft hovered off the landing pad. Christian gave a sigh of relief and settled into a seat. Zealot poked his head through the door leading to the cockpit, so he was the one who started the aircraft. They tore legalist to pieces, Zealot said. Who can defeat law if not him? It's impossible, Christian said. Remember what he said about infinite strength? It's the same technology behind conscience and your infinite missile launcher. Infinite laws? Zealot said. That's a lot of laws. At my peak, I could take maybe two. Zealot started counting on his fingers. How far is two from infinity? A lot, Christian said. Maybe truth can save us. Maybe those laws are operating incorrectly. Perhaps truth knows some argument or trick to stop him. Perhaps. Zealot said. But we'd better find her quick. If I'm reading the sensors on this aircraft properly, then there's hundreds of those law robots in the city that are exterminating the populace block by block. No telling when Truth's place is next. Let's go pick up Truth and get out of here. Christian slipped through the door and sat in the co-pilot seat next to Zealot. Zealot pressed a few buttons on the control panel. It's fortunate that first law threw me towards the aircraft so I could start the automatic takeoff protocols and give you an escape. And it's a good thing this aircraft is one that you know how to fly, Christian said. Zealot stared at Christian. What do you mean? It's good you know how to fly this. I just pressed the button to take off. I thought you were driving. Christian's eyes grew wide. I just got here. How could I be driving? I don't know how things work. I'm Zealot. Christian scanned the controls for anything familiar. Then why were you pushing all those buttons? How did you manage to make it take off? I pressed buttons randomly. Seems I was lucky and pressed the one for automatic takeoff. But don't worry, we will simply hope my luck continues to hold. Zealot pressed more buttons. The aircraft took a sharp turn to the left. Zealot and Christian let out a series of highly non-masculine screams. Truth sipped from her glass and tried to avoid eye contact with worldly wise men. He was smart, charming, and dashing. The last thing she wanted was for him to see her blushing. He'd taken her to a nice restaurant at the top of one of the skyscrapers. They sat on a table that stood on a precipice that jutted out from the skyscraper like an arm of an elegant giant. Gardens and fountains stood alongside the tables. Streams flowed along the platform to the edge and fell into a series of aqueducts that connected the skyscraper to the adjoining one. 
The water flowing into these aqueducts traveled from aqueduct to aqueduct till it finally poured into a fountain on street level. Truth sighed in delight and contemplated the precise brilliance of the aqueduct's construction. The wine was delicious, the conversation stimulating. There had been some noise from a roof of one of the skyscrapers a few minutes before, but now it was peaceful and quiet. Aircraft sailed about the skyscrapers like bees buzzing around flowers. One was coming close. Really close. In fact, it was flying right towards them. Laughing, Worldly Wiseman said, So then I said, watercolor? Why don't you just say blue like anyone else? He looked at Truth and seemed to expect her to laugh. When she didn't, his demeanor changed to concern. What's the matter, my dear? He followed her gaze and looked over his shoulder. The aircraft crashed into the edge of the platform. Patrons leapt from their seats. Fire engulfed a patch of garden, and a cherubim statue shattered into a dozen pieces. Fragments of cherubim flew over Truth's head, and she ducked under her table. Two figures crawled from the wreckage of the aircraft. Two familiar figures. Truth did all she could to quell a feeling of elemental rage. Ha! I live! cried Zealot. I knew my luck would hold! Perfect landing! He struck a pose in front of the flaming aircraft just as another explosion vomited forth more bits of statue and metal. Christian pulled himself further from the flaming debris and coughed up a cloud of smoke. He looked up at Zealot, incensed. Oh, very well. 6.5 out of 10 landing, but we made it, and that's all that matters. He looked around. What is this place? Some sort of rooftop incinerator? I think it was supposed to be a garden, Christian said. A garden? He stared at the wreckage. It's a poor one, isn't it? Look, here comes Truth to greet us. Truth wore a shimmering evening gown studded with gemstones. It must have cost an obscene amount of money. Greetings, my opal-headed compatriot! Zealot said, waving to Truth. How fails your romantic expedition? Truth slapped Zealot across the cheek. The force of the slap caused Zealot to spin three times, then stagger back. Truth was about half Zealot's size. How on earth had she... Must you ruin everything? Truth said. Worldly wise men and I were having a lovely dinner when you came and... Crashed the party? Zealot said with a smile. I wasn't going to say that. Well, you should have. Top quality pun like that. Not every day you get such a chance to use one. Leave us alone, Truth said. Hold on. Christian stepped in front of Zealot and pointed. You two can continue your passive-aggressive flirting later. We're under attack by killer robots. The whole city is in danger. Killer robots? Truth looked confused. And I do not flirt passive-aggressively. Really? Worldly Wiseman stepped towards them, his face friendly. Then how do you flirt? Truth's anger changed to shyness in an instant, and she tried to hide a very immature giggle. Christian is right! Zealot said. Let us ignore Truth's adorable antics and focus on the problem at hand. There's a swarm of evil robots attacking the city. Evil robots? Truth raised an eyebrow. The only robot swarm in the city I know of is Law. He's not evil. Wait, Christian said. You know about Law? Truth gave a condescending glance. If your question begins with, do you know about, then just save yourself the trouble and assume the answer is yes. How do we stop him? Zealot said. You can't. Truth walked towards her seat, paying Zealot little attention. Worldly Wiseman pulled Truth's chair out for her to be seated. Truth smiled and turned her back to on Zealot and Christian. Now, Worldly Wiseman, earlier you were telling me about how the central interpretive motifs of Eastern art in the 20th century shouldn't be primarily based on cultural context. Worldly Wiseman started to answer, but Christian interrupted. So we just sit down and die? Truth waved a hand in indifference. You do what you want. I'm just a philosophical personification of human reason, knowledge, and wisdom. Law won't attack me. A finger tapped Christian on the shoulder. 
Probably Zealot wanting to get his attention, Christian turned around. Law stood there, tapping his foot. I appreciate this complex discussion, but I've got a lot of people to kill and a tight schedule. Christian screamed, staggered back, and tripped over a piece of broken statue before falling on the floor. Laws here! How did he get here so fast? Laws are almost everywhere, Truth said. Zealot drew his pistol and aimed at Law. Truth, assist us! We must commence with the violence! In a minute, Truth said without looking back at him. I've got a lot to talk about with worldly wise men here. Violence will not save you anyway, Law said. Don't even try. No can do! Zealot kicked over a table and took cover. He poked his pistol around and fired in random directions. Various missiles flew about and exploded. None anywhere near Law. Come, Christian! We can take him! No. Christian stood. Zealot lowered his gun and looked back and forth between Christian and Law. What? You're sure to die if you don't fight him! We can't fight Law, Christian said. Don't you get it? Legalists couldn't even fight Law, and we are nowhere near as powerful as he was. Truth said Law was not evil, which means we have to be the evil ones. No, Christian! Zealot said, don't give up, we just need to try harder! Christian cocked his head back and yelled, Truth! I'm right, aren't I? Yeah, sure, whatever. Truth kept her attention on worldly wisemen. Law kept his gun leveled at Christian, but wore a look of suspicion. What's your plan here? Are you trying to trick me? Zealot tried to trick me back in the police lobby, and I did not appreciate that. Christian raised his hands. No tricks. I confess that I've done horrible, evil things. All I can do is ask for mercy. Law's confusion changed to amusement. You've asked for mercy and confessed your evil. That's rare. Most try to justify themselves or say their punishment is unjust, which is only another way of saying that the standards of absolute morality should be dumbed down to their level. But to acknowledge that you're the evil one, and to choose to allow yourself to be judged, how... Law's face gave no hint at mercy or forbearance. Refreshing. Silence. So, Christian said, does that mean you're going to show me mercy? Law stared at Christian. Let me get this straight. You are a murderer. Yes. You've killed innocent people. I did admit to that. And you've kicked old widows in the shins. Yes. And you think you should be shown mercy because... Because I confessed? Oh! Law lowered his gun and shrugged. Well, if you've confessed, then I guess that's different. Really? Law shot Christian in the chest. No, 
Christian fell to his knees. Blood poured from his chest. The smoke from Law's gun sailed upward and curled around his twisted smile. There's nothing you can do, Christian. No confession, no sorrow, no good work that can satisfy me. You can't unspill blood. You can't unbreak a law. What's done is done. There is no escape. There is only crime and punishment. Zealot fired more missiles. Eventually, a few flew near Law, but with a wave of Law's hand, the missiles turned aside. Law pointed his gun at Christian's head. Now the cliché is to ask you for any last words. But honestly, this has gone on long enough. You aren't entitled to anything. The force field protecting Christian's head blipped out of existence. Law fired. Christian didn't die, which seemed odd. The projectile from Law's gun hovered in mid-air, inches from Christian's face. Law looked at the hovering shot, and fired again. This shot also hovered mid-air. Wow. He took a step back and looked around. This is baffling. His voice wavered. He fired again. Eight shots in rapid succession. All stopped short of Christian. A figure appeared between Christian and Law. A woman who seemed clothed in vibrant, colorful light. Christian's eyes adjusted to the brightness. Now he saw her more clearly. Her clothes were obscenely shiny. She wore long white gloves, hip-high boots, and a skirt and blouse bedazzled with various electronic devices. Christian recognized the devices as shield generators of some sort, but he'd never seen ones that shined like that. She had long, billowing hair as red as blood, and skin as white as sugar. She projected a shield in front of herself, the shots from Law's gun crackling against the shield, but moved no closer to Christian. As he stared, Christian felt the bleeding from his chest stop, felt the shields form over his chest and knit his heart back together. Law stared at the woman. Who the cuss are you? Who am I? The woman's tone seemed happy, as if she expected the question. She was loud like Zealot, but somehow her tone didn't hurt his ears. Who am I? Yes, Law said. I am the essence of all virtue. Law's confusion turned to annoyance. Oh, no. Not you. You're, you're... I am the inspiration of a trillion songs, the woman said. The foundation of patience, kindness, trust, hope, and the harbinger of all. Her name is Charity, Truth yelled from her table. Charity showed annoyance for a very small second. Confound it all, sis! You ruined my entrance! We don't have time for another one of your overly theatrical, quip-filled speeches, Charity. Truth went back to talking to worldly wise men. You can't interfere, Charity, Law said. I have a bounty on this one's head, he pointed at Christian with his gun. He has done evil. Okay, two things. Charity said. First, Charity is my mother's name. Nobody uses the word charity anymore, except when talking about giving to the poor, which is only like a part of what I do. Call me love, okay? Charity is like so 17th century. 
It does say hello. My name is Charity on your name tag. Zealot shouted from behind his table. It's also what's written on her birth certificate. Truth yelled. Oh, you two are no fun. Love said with a voice made of smiles. Your name doesn't matter. Law pointed at Christian. I'm killing this one. Love waved her hand. A shield pushed Law back and away from Christian. The overseer has heard the cry of this poor soul and has given me the authority to forestall his judgment for now. You can't do that, Law said with cold finality. Love raised her arms and gave a flamboyant pose, her voice returning to its triumphant tone. I do not take away your duty to pass judgment. I simply forestall it. Give this one time to choose the correct path. When he dies, you may pass judgment as his protocol. Zealot stepped from behind his cover and stood next to Love. This one's mannerisms amuse me. I'm with her. Love winked at Zealot, then faced Law. But, but... Law sputtered, not looking nearly as intimidating as before. But that zealot one, he wished for true justice to be forced upon people. I am simply granting his wish. Oh, put a fork in it, Law. Love rolled her eyes. What are you, a genie? I'm sure Zealot understands how silly his stupid idea was. Hey! Zealot said. My idea may have been stupid, but it was not silly. Yes. Love said, very stupid and silly. Law, ignore the silly man and be gone. No. Law leapt at Christian. His claws flashed but stopped inches from Christian's throat, protected by Love's shield around him. Love raised her scepter. A beam of blue energy enveloped Law. The scepter sparked, and Love tensed, as if resisting extreme strain. Don't just stand there, Love said to Christian through gritted teeth. Run! I can only freeze him for so long. Run where? Christian said. This city was supposed to be our salvation. Love slowly looked at Christian like a mother when her child doesn't want to wear pants today. Oh, you poor thing. You forgot already. Ask Book! Strain showed on Love's face. Blood started to drip from her mouth. Was projecting the shields hurting her? All you need to know is in Book. You heard the magical girl, Zealot said. Book said to flee to the gateway. Then let's make like a check and bounce. He started towards the door leading to the inside of the skyscraper. Christian followed, but a horde of laws stood blocking their way, frozen like the other one. But who knew for how long? I suggest not going that way, Zealot said. The room beyond appears to be filled with more riotous robots. Truth, Christian turned towards the girl who was still talking with a worldly wise man. We need your help. How do we escape? Truth kept talking to worldly wise men. Truth, Christian walked up to the table. Worldly Wiseman sprang up, looking angry. How dare you interrupt our fine evening? I and this beautiful, delicious maiden have much to talk about. Yes, Truth said, sounding as if speaking in her sleep. Much to talk about. I understand you're busy. Christian tried to keep his tone calm. Then he tilted his head in confusion. Wait, did you just say delicious? Christian looked down at Truth. He waved his hand over her eyes. She didn't react. He shook her. Still no reaction. He turned on Worldly Wiseman. What have you done to her? Christian grabbed him by the collar and hoisted him over the side of the platform. Worldly Wiseman had a glinting, self-satisfied smile. What have I done to truth? His voice chilled Christian's heart. Nothing against her nature. I've simply altered her focus. Worldly Wiseman yawned. You see, 
This world has so much knowledge to offer. For instance, did you know that some believe the popularity of rapid-fire projectile weapons only became widespread due to the Enlightenment's view of individual freedom and not due to mechanical advances from the Industrial Revolution? Christian looked back at Truth. She didn't seem hurt. That is really fascinating and totally irrelevant to our current predicament. We've got to get out of here. Go to the... Ah, I forgot already. He activated Book. Book appeared. She was at the head of a massive army of skeletons and wore a military commander's uniform. The gateway! Book pointed into the distance towards the glow. Right! The gateway! Besides, how could the Enlightenment have resulted in an earlier adaptation of rapid-fire weapons given the mechanical constraints of standardized cartridges? Yes, how? Truth's voice was trance-like. Christian fell to one knee. Worldly Wiseman's words seemed to eat into Christian's brain, ripping away his will to move. Worldly Wiseman freed himself from Christian's grasp and leapt back onto the platform. There are countless examples of ancient rapid-fire weapons of limited use, such as the Chukunu or its Greek equivalent, the Polybolus. Christian tried to resist, but his hands seemed lifeless. Worldly Wiseman put a hand on Truth's shoulder in a non-platonic manner. Granted, the Polybolus only has scarce archaeological support for its use, he leaned down towards Truth's face, but writings of its existence detail it with enough precision that we can assume... Zealot struck Worldly Wiseman in the face. Worldly Wiseman went down like the poll numbers of a pro-tax candidate. How did you do that? Christian said, life suddenly returning to his limbs. I just did, Zealot said. Why didn't you? Stop being lazy. Come, we must away. He picked up Truth and shook her lightly. At least, he seemed to try to shake her lightly. In reality, he shook the spit out of her. Come, Truth, Zealot said. Wake up from this psychological psychosis. No, no, Truth said in her trance-like voice. I want to know about the ancient history of rapid-fire projectile weapons. We don't have time, Zealot said. But I want to learn things, Truth mumbled like she was living in a dream. Truth, Christian said. You can still learn while going to the gateway. Whatever you're doing now can't be as important as getting through that gateway and getting salvation. Salvation? Truth said. Yes, Christian said. Remember? The burden? The gateway? Total atomic annihilation? If we don't escape, law is going to kill us super hard. Besides, rapid-fire projectile weapons never took off because they lacked the penetration power necessary to become a counter to decent armor given metallurgy advanced at a faster rate than mathematics in ancient times given the written word remained so disparate in its adaptation. That's not the correct use of the word disparate, Truth said. Zealot dropped Truth and grabbed Christian. You're getting caught up in it too! Caught up in what? I'm just saying that armor advanced at a faster rate than... Zealot slapped Christian. Christian saw stars for a second. We must expunge you from whatever spell or mentalist whatnot worldly Wiseman has done, Zealot said. I thought punching him would put an end to his tricks, but it seems this is one of those rare obstacles I cannot punch or shoot my way out of. It's worldly Wiseman's doing. He has you speaking of minutia instead of fleeing to the gateway. What good is history? What good is fine art or profound thoughts or understanding if it doesn't cause us to act if it doesn't cause us to pursue the correct path our correct path which love and book have clearly shown to us is towards the gateway knowledge is its own reward truth said nonsense zealot pulled christian towards the edge of the platform talking of deeper wisdom is fine but we cannot pursue them instead of pursuing the gateway now where is that pretty red-haired female person over here 
Love said, her voice strained, still frozen in her pose, holding back Law. I can only hold this guy in place for a dramatically non-specific amount of time. But Zealot is right. Knowledge without action is powerless. Truth blinked and looked horrified. You're right. Oh no! Zealot said something right and I was wrong! You weren't factually wrong, Zealot said. That's the most dangerous thing. You were correct, just misplaced in your focus. But that's what I'm here for. Well, thank you, Truth said. Zealot smiled. Any time, beautiful, Truth blushed. Aw, you're sweet. No, I'm Zealot. I thought you knew that, Truth laughed. What a lovely team-building moment, Love said. You know what? If I get mauled to death by these robots, it's all worth it. I think my shields I'm projecting are reaching their breaking point. Goodbye, Darklands. Goodbye, Christian. I'm doomed. Love began to wail in an excessive and obviously non-serious tone. Law lurched forward. Christian's heart quickened. Zealot twirled his gun. Shall we shoot our way through all the rooms leading to the stairwell? His gun discharged into the ground, and he leapt back, looking embarrassed. No time, Love said. Law moved steadily, with slow but ever-increasing speed. The aqueduct waterfall, Truth yelled. On the side of the building, it's our best chance. Christian remembered some sort of aqueduct on an adjacent building that water poured into. The far end of the platform had a stream that poured off and fell into an adjacent aqueduct. However, that edge of the platform was where they had crashed their aircraft. Hold on, Christian said. To get to that aqueduct, we'd have to jump over burning wreckage and fall into the water of the aqueduct as it pours onto lower aqueducts in a glorified freefall down a dozen stories of skyscraper. Zealot grabbed Christian around the middle and started running. I fail to see any problem with that route. It's going to be dangerous, Christian said, and hard. Perfect! Zealot ran toward the edge. Truth and love followed. Zealot leapt from the skyscraper. Christian screamed in terror. Zealot screamed in delight. And Truth screamed in unconvincing, Wee! as if she was on a roller coaster. Christian shut his eyes. Will Christian and the others make it to the gateway unharmed, or will all catch up with them? And will the narrator be able to keep three different female voices consistently different, even though they all now will be sharing the same scene? Find out next time on Pilgrim's Progress Reloaded. The Pilgrim's Progress Reloaded was written by David Umstadt, audio editing by William Umstadt, and audio recording by Balaam's Donkey.